Well, hello, and welcome to the Learn Everyday English podcast, your road to English proficiency. Hey, you've come to the right place to improve your listening comprehension skills and mastery of the English language. My name is Gary, and I will be your host today. I'm a native English speaker, born and raised in the United States, and a retired engineer living in a small Texas town about one hour north of Houston. I'm also a language learner like you. I'm studying Spanish, so I know what it is like to learn a new and different language. So now, let's jump right in to today's episode. Well, yeah! Howdy, y'all. Greetings from Texas. Or in regular English, that means hello, everybody, and welcome from Texas. That was a little bit of a Texas accent, if you didn't get that. But I'm glad to have you here with me on today's podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. I have 10 questions, or I'm going to answer 10 questions about myself that will reveal, I guess, a more true identity or reveal to you certain things about myself so that you can get to know me and who I am a little bit better. But before we get started, I want to remind you again that you can follow me at my webpage. Just go to www dot learn everyday english dot com that's www dot learn everyday english that's all one word dot com and at the web page you can find links to and listen to all the podcasts directly from the web page but uh, also importantly at the web page you can access a link that will take you to the learn everyday english youtube channel and if you didn't know we have a youtube channel with uh, very interesting and engaging videos that will help you practice your listening comprehension and improve your English skills. And finally, on the webpage, there is a button or a link that will take you to a podcast resources page where you can find outlines or transcriptions of the show episodes that you can look at or download and follow along with the program. But now, Without further ado, hey, let's jump right in to today's episode. So today, the topic of the uh, conversation or the uh, episode is 10 questions to ask that will reveal a person's true self. So this is 10 questions you can ask of yourself or about yourself, or 10 questions you can ask a friend or maybe a family member, your wife or brother. But I'm going to ask these questions to myself, or maybe pretend that you are asking me these questions, and I'm going to answer them so you can get to know me a little bit better. So the first question is, what is your life motto or philosophy you live by? What is your life's motto or philosophy that you live by? And the first question you might have is, hey, what is a motto? Or sometimes people may say motto, if you're being proper, but we just say motto. So a motto is a short sentence or phrase or maybe a description that expresses the beliefs or ideals, not ideas, but ideals, that guides a person or institution. So these are beliefs that you may have 
that are very important about you or that make you who you are, things that uh, you live by. So for myself, my motto in life is, life is too short, live life to the fullest. Life is too short, live life to the fullest. For we don't know when we say in English, our number will be up. We don't know how long we will have to live on this planet. You know, if we are just honest and open about it. So you need to take advantage of every day that you are given. Take advantage of every day that you are blessed with. Also, another motto I have is, don't sweat the small stuff. This is an expression in English. To sweat is like when you're doing some uh, athletic activity or working hard, you start to sweat or perspire. The small stuff means like little insignificant things in life that we worry about way too much. So don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry excessively or too much about really insignificant or minor things. Also, another of my mottos is be thankful for each day you are blessed with. When I wake up in the morning, I try to say, hey, thank you. Or I'm a religious person, so I may say, thank you, God, for allowing me to live to see another day. Also, I think it's important is to find satisfaction and contentment with what you have right now in your current state in life. That doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to better or improve yourself, but I think we all need to find a point or place in our life where we are content and satisfied with what we have. We are not constantly complaining because complaining is not going to solve our situation. Also, another motto I have is, I work to live, but I don't live to work. So let me repeat that. I work to live, but I don't live to work. So I work to be able to gain income to provide for myself and my family. But my work, and this is my philosophy, it may not be yours, but my work is not my total life. There are other things in life that I think are just as or even more important than work. And my philosophy that I have has been greatly influenced by a current health condition or situation that I have. That something happened when I was 30 years old. And I will get uh, more into that if we have time in this episode. Here, the second question to, that I'm going to ask myself is, do you follow a religion or spiritual practice? And my answer is yes, I am a Christian and I believe there is a God. And I believe one of the things that I believe the most is the second greatest commandment that's talked about in the Bible, which says you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think this is a big problem today because um, our question to ask is, do you love yourself? And it, you can't really love anybody else until you're able to love yourself. And a little bit of history, I grew up as a Catholic. My parents were from uh, the state of Louisiana or southwest Louisiana, and which is uh, a lot of uh, Catholic population. But I grew up Catholic, but when I went to college, I started to be exposed to different things and learning about different things. And eventually I changed, or we say converted, and now I am a Protestant. And Protestant uh, means Christian or religious person here in the U.S. that is not Catholic. So if you're not Catholic, you are Protestant. 
The third question to ask is, what did you want to be when you were a kid? And I know kids always have these ideas and kids change their minds a lot. But I remember as a kid, I wanted at one point I wanted to be a fireman. Then I wanted to be an airplane pilot. Then I also wanted to be a grocery store owner. So my ideas of what I wanted to be changed a lot as I grew up and as I grew older. In high school, actually, I wanted to be an ecologist because I loved animals and being out in nature. But what happened, I went to a private Catholic school and we had a guidance counselor. And this is a person that would help you, kind of guide you, talk to you and help you decide what you needed to do, what you needed to study or should study when you go to college. So there was a some tests you would take and maybe questions he would ask. And I was very good in math and science. So he told me, well, I don't think ecology or being an ecologist is probably the best uh, field or area to go into because it is not that easy to find a job. And at the time, engineering was booming, we say in English, booming, like it was very successful. There were a lot of jobs and opportunity in the field of engineering. So he told me, I think it would be better for you to go and consider engineering. And that's what I did. And I tried to find the field of engineering that was would be the closest to ecology or the environment. So I chose civil engineering. And I went to college and studied civil engineering. But, you know, in looking back, sometimes I think, well, maybe should I have followed my dream? Should I have followed my heart, as we say in English, and just studied what I really wanted to do that I was passionate about? But now that I'm 58 years old, things have changed and it's too late to go back in time. The next question is, what is or was your big, biggest accomplishment in life? And I have to say one of my biggest accomplishments is after I graduated from college with an engineering degree or a degree in civil engineering, I began to work as an engineer for the city of Houston. And I worked in the public works department for six years, and there I worked on the water line projects. These are projects where you design and replace the infrastructure, like the water lines or the pipes that supply or bring water to homes in the city and water plants and that type of thing. So I worked there for six years. And then after six years, I became tired of doing that because it was a lot of what we call plan checking or plan reviews. I would just look at plans all day. And then I applied for a position in the solid waste management department to work in the recycling field or re recycling section. And at that time, the field or area of recycling was very new, especially here in the United States. So I was able to get in on the ground floor, as we say in English, or the very beginning stages of recycling here in the U.S. And that was very interesting and exciting for me. For I was able to organize and put together and, and implement a lot of different recycling programs and projects for the city of Houston. And I ended up working 24 years for the Solid Waste Management Department. 
And I ended my career there as chief of staff, and I reported and worked directly for the director of the department. And it was an interesting job, but at times it was very stressful and very challenging. So overall, I worked 30 years for the city of Houston. And about four years ago, I was luckily uh, able to retire And so I think that is one of my biggest accomplishments in life. The next question is, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Hmm. Boy, this is a good and interesting uh, question. I think I would say, if I could change one thing, I would say that I would like for everyone to truly love and respect each other and be selfless and not selfish. And again, I had mentioned earlier about the second commandment of love your neighbor as yourself. I think if we can do these things, the world would be a lot different. But sadly, and to say, this may seem and probably is idealistic. And idealistic means that you're going to dream or think that very good things can be achieved often when this does not seem likely. So let me repeat that. To be idealistic is to dream or to think that very good things can be achieved or can happen even when these things do not seem likely. But hey, why not dream and wish, right? I mean, we never know. But if that was one thing that could happen, I think that would change the world greatly. The next question is, do you like your job? And if not, what would you like to do instead? And this is a good question. As I said before, I retired about four years ago. So I do not have a real, let's say a real job because I am retired. But what I do like to do, I enjoy teaching and helping people. So that's why I do these podcasts and the YouTube channel. And I do not receive any money or income or compensation by doing this. And that is not my goal. My goal is just to help other people learn and improve in their lives. I can give back to other people. Like, as I said before in the intro or the introduction, I am studying Spanish, so I know how difficult it can be to learn a foreign language. And I appreciate the help and resources that are available to me, some free, some I pay for, and everything helps. What I also do in my free time or retirement years, I volunteer at a local museum here in town uh, once a week. I also volunteer for a program called Meals on Wheels, where we deliver food to the elderly population, these older people, and they receive uh, free meals through a nonprofit organization. And also I was uh, teaching Tai Chi, which is a Chinese art and a Chinese martial art here in town. But uh, once the coronavirus hit, I had to stop doing that. But I was teaching at a local gym uh, two times a week. And I was also teaching at a, a church facility one time a week. So that is what I like to do in my free time since I am retired. What are your favorite hobbies? And this is the next question. And uh, I can honestly say, uh, once I retired, I have not been bored and I do not miss uh, working at all. I, it amazes me sometimes when I talk to people who have retired and they tell me, 
boy, I, I retired, but I just didn't like it. I just didn't have anything to do. I was just bored to death. And I'm like, hmm, why? I, that's, that's, I just can't comprehend that because I am very busy. I like to keep myself occupied. I have a lot of interests. I have a lot of things I like to do and also have a lot of things I want to do and want to learn about. And often there are not enough hours in the day for me to do the things I want to do. But my favorite hobbies are, one, studying Spanish, and I've been doing that fairly seriously, say, or rather seriously, for about three years now. And since I am seeing improvement, that is really motivating me to uh, want to continue and improve. And I try to study Spanish every day, a little bit every day, even if it may not be much, by listening to podcasts or read a novel or book in Spanish. I like to watch a lot of YouTube videos uh, in Spanish and even some a Netflix movie in Spanish. I really like to do and uh, heavily involved in photography. So I have a couple of cameras and I like to take uh, pictures of a lot of different things. And I'm a member of a uh, local photography club. Again, I also um, was teaching Tai Chi, but I still practice Tai Chi here on my own at, own at the house. And I've been doing Tai Chi for 28 years now and uh, been teaching for 23. Said I volunteer for Meals on Wheels and also like uh, music. So I play the ukulele. I am learning to play the bass. I'm teaching myself to, to play the bass guitar and also play the African drum, a specific drum, which is called the djembe drum. And my wife and I are actually in an ensemble group, ensemble group. And uh, we would uh, practice twice a month down in Houston. And we would play for and at events all around the Houston area. But since the coronavirus uh, began, our group has not been able to meet and we have not been able to perform. But I did that for three years. So as you can see, I really like to stay busy. The next question is, if money was no object, what would you do in life? And maybe that's a good phrase for you to learn. If money was no object or if money were no object, what would you like to do? So that means... If you didn't have to worry about money, if you had a more than enough money uh, and you didn't have to worry about it, what would you do? So my answer is I would like to travel, travel the world, see different things. I would like to live in a Spanish-speaking country to improve my Spanish. My wife is a Hispanic, of, she's Mexican-American. She was born here in the United States, but her parents are from uh, Mexico, so I would like to live, say, a month or two in Mexico or different various cities and move and travel around. I would like to go to Spain and Italy and Colombia, and I've always had a desire, say, to go to the South Pacific and Tahiti. And also, I would like to just not think about myself, but think of others and try to help them. So I would like to help the less fortunate in uh, ways, I guess, that would be beneficial. And the final question is, what are you thankful for? Well, I am thankful for the health that I do have. And I'm going to maybe, I'll tell you a little bit more about my health. 
but the health I do have because, because I can function uh, for the most part pretty normally. I am thankful for my wife and my family. I'm very thankful for the ability to be retired and not have to work every day. We say not, I don't have to go to a nine to five, which means a job where I arrive at nine in the morning and have to leave at 5 p.m. in the evening. So a lot of times we'll say, call a job a nine to five. I am thankful to have a roof over my head and enough food to eat and clothes to wear. So I know a lot of times we complain about our situation. Well, because, yeah, things could always be better. But uh, like I said before, I think we need to find contentment in the place and point in life that we find ourselves right now. I mentioned that I'm thankful for the health that I do have. And what happened to me is when I was 30 years old, I went out to eat one night and um, I woke up the next morning with bad, very serious case of food poisoning. I got very, very sick. I'm not exactly sure what happened or where I contracted the, the food poisoning, but I think it was at a seafood restaurant that I went out to eat at. But I remember it was this very strange situation. I woke up the next morning and I remember as I was sitting on the edge of the bed, I said to myself, I said, hmm, something doesn't seem right. I didn't really feel very ill or very sick at the time, but I just didn't feel right or normal. But shortly and soon thereafter, I started to begin to feel worse and worse and worse, much worse. And my stomach started to hurt a lot. That's probably the worst stomach pain I've ever had in my life. Started to have a fever. I started to feel very nauseous and sick. And I began to throw up and, and have other intestinal problems like diarrhea. And I just couldn't get better. And I guess I was losing a lot of liquid. And I became very dehydrated. And I remember it. I was lying in bed just trying to sleep and relax, but I couldn't because my heart was racing, we say in English. It was just beating very quickly. So eventually I had to go to the emergency room and they gave me some medication and they gave me an IV. IV means intravenous uh, liquids so that I, they could address the dehydration. And I, I felt much better, went home. And then slowly over time, I was able to start to, over several days, I guess, get back to a somewhat normal eating routine. But then uh, maybe about, I went to see my doctor and he said, well, I'm not sure what it was, what happened. I'm going to send you to a specialist, which was a doctor called a gastroenterologist. And he specializes in problems with your um, intestinal system, your colon and stomach. So he did some tests and he said, well, I don't really know what it is here. I take these antibiotics and this other uh, medication and hopefully that will clear it up or help clear it up, whatever the problem was. And I took that and began to feel better. About a month later, I was at the gym exercising as I would like to do aerobics. But every time I would uh, exert myself, like become get overheated, or to work out, um, the lymph nodes in my throat and in my neck began to throb, we say, or to pulse or to beat. 
And I knew, I said to myself again, hey, something's not right. I don't know what's going on, but this is not normal. And then I started having gastrointestinal issues again, where I would wake up in the middle of the night just feeling sick, just feeling nauseous, like I wanted to throw up. And this went on for maybe a year or two. But in the meantime, I went back to the gastro, which is short. We say gastro if we don't want to say gastroenterologist, since that's a long word. So I went back to my gastro and he gave me some more antibiotics and other medication and eventually over time I began to feel better, but I think in the long run, we say in English, or over time, I think the medication damaged my uh, colon and my intestine. For slowly over time, I started to have problems with the types of food that I could eat, that normally before I could eat and have no problem eating, but slowly I began to have problems with certain types of foods, like the first thing was um, milk and dairy products, where I couldn't tolerate them, we say in English, or I, my body couldn't really uh, process them like they used to, and I started having problems or issues uh, eating dairy products. Then it, it started with sugar uh, pro products or foods that were high in sugar, like ice cream and then over time, I started to have problems with carbohydrates and starches like potatoes and rice and breads and pasta. This was very difficult for me because coming from a family from Louisiana, we ate rice every day almost. And I just loved bread and, and cookies. And so this food poisoning happened when I was 30 years old. So over time, the types of foods that I cannot really eat anymore or cannot tolerate have just increased. And I'm 58 years old today, and I pretty much just can only eat vegetables and, and meat like chicken and fish and pork and beef. I can't really uh, eat or tolerate anything else. So uh, needless to say, over the 28 years, I have uh, lost a lot of weight not trying to. But uh, you know, I've seen many, many doctors, and nobody seems to have an answer. They just lump it into what is called IBS, or irritable bowel syndrome, or spastic colon. And that's really what we say in English is a catch-all category. Like a, you put something where if you don't really know what the answer is or the diagnosis is, you just uh, lump it or put it in this category. And uh, so it is something that I have just learned to live with over time now. So I said this health condition has really influenced uh, how I see life and what I value as important or not. Because like I said before, you don't know how your life can change suddenly from one day to the next. And so I am just thankful for what I do have, and I'm blessed with what I do have. So I'm going to close with this, and maybe you might be asking, okay, hey, well, those are some cool, interesting questions, but I have a challenge for you. You want to say, well, how can I improve my English? Well, what I want you to do, and I think would be a good exercise, is to ask yourself these 10 questions and uh, answer these 10 questions, like maybe pretend that you are on an interview show, you're on a radio show or a TV show, and the uh, announcer or the reporter is asking you these questions, how would you answer them? So maybe just think about it in your mind and 
respond uh, aloud, out loud, orally, or maybe just even if you want to, write it down in a notebook and read it out as if you are answering these questions to somebody else who are asked, who is asking you these questions. So I think that would be good practice for you. And on the uh, website, on the podcast resources page under episode seven, I'm going to have these 10 questions listed on a, a handout that you can look at or you can download. So like I say, go ahead and see if you can answer these questions for yourself and respond to them in English as if you were answering these questions. Well, I think that's it for now. And I hope you enjoyed, hey, this episode of the Learn Everyday English podcast. I would also love to hear from you and what you thought of this episode. If you have any questions for me, let me know. And if you have any suggestions for specific topics you would like me to discuss on this program, also let me, let me know. So to do that, just go to the Learn Everyday English webpage and the homepage of that webpage at www.learneverydayenglish.com. At the bottom of the homepage, there's a contact form and you can just send me a message and I'll get that. So again, like I said, that's it for now. To be sh And be sure to check out our upcoming episodes. We're going to have some other different and interesting things and topics for you. But uh, that's it for now. So thanks for listening and goodbye.